Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, we rejoice that we have this another opportunity to minister to your people tonight. Thank you that revelation knowledge is gifted everyone connected to the word tonight. And we rejoice that as we feed from your precious holy word, the Holy Ghost lives on our inside to guide us into all the truth. So I declare that veils fall off, clarity comes by your word. Whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. We rebuke every distraction of the enemy. And we decree that your people are equipped tonight, built up, edified, and Jesus is glorified. We give you praise that by the end of this teaching tonight, we'll all be the better for it. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our feet together. As we say these words, I am born of God. I am born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Well, I want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, the social media community, brothers and sisters online. We're so glad to welcome all of you tonight to this adventure in the word of his grace. And all of the Aquaibom State community connected to the service right now by way of Comfort FM, XLFM, Radio Aquaibom, you know you, FM, Inspiration FM, and Heritage FM. We want to welcome all of you to the service tonight. You want to call a friend, a loved one, a family member, ask them to tune to this radio station right now. Life is flowing through the airwaves. What a joy and an honor to serve you the grace of God. Our social media community, like you've always done, thank you for always being there to ensure that together we labor to get the word to the ends of the earth. And you're like you've always done, let's do it again tonight. Share the video on your page, tag some people. Let's mobilize everybody. Let's get the word out to the ends of the earth. You know, it's so important to do that tonight. Put the video on monogram, telegram, WhatsApp groups, and you know, create watch parties. Let's flood the earth with the truth of the gospel. You know, the, the word of God tells us, I have set you over nations to pull down, to root out, to overthrow, then to build and to plant. So we've done a lot of pulling down, rooting out, overthrowing, and we want to get into building and planting the way it ought to be in the New Testament on the subject we're examining. So help me get the video as far as possible. Let's get everybody to learn what the truth of the gospel is concerning this subject we've been examining. All our house centers and campuses around the world. We want to welcome all of you and those joining us for the first time. Hey guys, we love you. And it's just a joy to get you to, to the world tonight. So fasten your seatbelts, get your pen, your notebook, and your Bible as we get into this gospel adventure tonight. And you can be seated with your sweet, smart self in the presence of his word. Amen. <clears throat> Alright, so we're still examining understanding Bible truth on tithe and tithing. Understanding Bible truth on tithes and tithing. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 and 16. Second Timothy chapter 3 verse 15 and 16. 
and that from a child thou was known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. For instruction in righteousness. Salvation, therefore, is through faith in Christ Jesus. In other words, a man can only be saved by faith in Christ. A man can only be saved by faith in Christ. Romans chapter 16 verse 25. Let's listen to brother Paul. Romans 16 25. Now to him that is a power to establish you according to my gospel. And the preaching of Jesus Christ. According to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. Next verse. <clears throat> But now is made manifest and by the scriptures of the prophets, scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. This shows that the holy scriptures, which in this instance refers to Genesis to Malachi, the holy scriptures, the scriptures of the prophets, Genesis to Malachi is profitable, the word of Philemos in the Greek, profitable for teaching the subject of salvation through faith which is in Christ. In other words, salvation is a subject matter and the message of the scriptures. And the subject of salvation is centered on the person of Jesus. Notice the word reproof, profitable for reproof. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it implies evidence. The word reproof is the word evidence. It is the same word used in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence. The word reproof is the word evidence, the same word. The evidence of things hoped for, I mean the evidence of things not seen. Same word as reproof. It is important to emphasize that the scriptures were given for evidence. Evidence, reproof. That is, every doctrine, every teaching, every belief and opinion on the subject of salvation must have its basis from the truth revealed in the scriptures. Let me repeat. That is, every doctrine... Every teaching, every belief and opinion on the subject of salvation must have its basis from the truth that is revealed in the scriptures. Believers are not expected in any way to live based on assumptions, feelings or hearsay. No believer is expected to live based on how I feel I think I am assuming or this is what I heard. The scriptures remain the only basis for faith and the only evidence for salvation. Romans chapter 1 verse 16, brother Paul writes into the church at Rome. Romans 1 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation 
to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Brother Paul explains the gospel. The gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 1 to 4. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. Next verse. By which also you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preach unto you, unless you have believed in vain. So what is the gospel, brother Paul? Verse 3. Verse 3. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So brother Paul says that the gospel has specific facts. That Christ died according to the scriptures for our sins. And that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That is the message of faith or the message that saves. Look at Romans chapter 4 verse number 25. Brother Paul still speaking about the gospel. Who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So the message of Jesus' resurrection is the power, is the ability of God unto salvation. So what saves a man is the gospel. The message is in itself the power of God to save. The message is in itself. The message doesn't require external power. The message contains within its inherent power to save. The power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Please listen very carefully and pay attention. Any message that does focus on material things. Any message that does focus on material things. People's physical and material needs. Any message that focuses on miracles, healings, finances, and such like. And not on the resurrection of Jesus can never save. Can never save. Only the gospel of Christ has the ability to save a man. If the gospel is motivational, based on finances material world how to get it how to make it how to arrive there you know all of those messages they don't have the power to save only the message of his death burial and resurrection contains with it the inherent ability to save a man please that's very important now the question will be is jesus against material possessions is jesus against material possessions no Jesus is not against material possessions. Rather, the attitude towards material possessions. The attitude. The material possession, Jesus is not against it at all. After all, he used material things when he was on earth. 
But the attitude, the attitude towards material possession. Matthew chapter 6 verse 21, I want to make a long read. Matthew 26, I mean chapter 6 verse 21, and we're going to read to verse 32. Please pay attention. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore, then I be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore, the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take he thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, take no thought, saying, so you take a thought by saying, take no thought, saying, what shall we eat? Or, what shall we drink? Or, wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Let's examine the emphasis of Jesus in the scriptures we just read. Verse 21 says, where your, tre your treasure is, there your heart is. The word treasure implies wealth. Wealth, figuratively a deposit. A deposit. Here Jesus said that where one's wealth is, that is where the heart will be. The word heart there implies in this context his thoughts. His thoughts. Where your treasure is, that is what you'll be thinking about. Your thoughts. That is to say, for where one's deposit is, there the thoughts will be. In verse 22, Jesus used a figure of speech. In relation to the human body. In verse 23 the phrase. If the light that is in you is darkness. Is also a figure of speech. Which implies the way one sees is in darkness. This implies that there is a way money can be viewed. 
There's a way money can be viewed or money can be seen in darkness. This implies that the way one sees will affect the person's lifestyle. The way you see affects your lifestyle. In verse 24, there's a word there, mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. It implies wealth. Mammon is wealth, possessions, which could be money, prosperity, or both of them. In other words, a man's attention should not be on God and wealth. God and wealth at the same time. A man's attention should not be on God and wealth at the same time. They both cannot be given full obeisance. God and mammon cannot be served together. Observe, the only thing Jesus compares to God is mammon. It's mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. But you can serve God with mammon. You cannot serve God and mammon. But you can serve God with mammon. Okay? Uh, and, and, and what it means by you cannot serve God and mammon is actually talking about a wrong relationship with wealth. A wrong relationship. When he says, for the love of money, in First Timothy, brother Paul speaking, for the love of money is the root of all evil. What he means is not saying money is the root of all evil. He's saying a wrong relationship with money, a wrong relationship, the attitude, a wrong relationship with money is the root of all evil. Mm -mm. So, in verse 25, Jesus makes a comparison between the physical things needed in life and the kingdom of God. In essence, when a man begins to seek the kingdom of God because of things, when you are seeking the kingdom of God for things, your motivation to be in church is to get a breakthrough, to get a material miracle. Okay, when all that you are after is how to make it in life using Christ. Because some people see Jesus as a means to an end. Let me use Jesus to make money. Let me use Jesus to get a wife. Let me use Jesus to have children. If that is your view of God, you have a wrong relationship with mammon. You are actually serving mammon. You are actually in the worship of mammon. Because when a man begins to seek the kingdom because of things, he is not seeking for what is in the kingdom. Rather, he is after what he thinks the kingdom will give him. He is after what he thinks the kingdom will give him. So, I'm not in the kingdom for Christ. I don't even care whether it's Christ or not. As long as my needs are met. And, you know, the, that is one of the, 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 one of the destructions of the pros prosperity gospel. Where people just want to use God to get things, you know. You ask people to, to give you prayer requests. What do they want from God? It's all money, car, house, wife, children. You never see them writing spiritual growth. Revelation knowledge. 
I want, I want the fire for evangelism. You won't see all that. And the reason is because people are not in church for Christ. They are in church for themselves. They have a wrong relationship with material things. Wrong relationship. So they see God as a weapon to use to get things. And of course, once you get the things, you don't need God. Because God was not the object of your, of your, of your focus. God is just a tool. And that's what the prosperity gospel does. In fact, the prosperity gospel measures your value in God by your acquisition of material stuff. Your value in God is measured by your material stuff. And, and, and that, is, that is a pseudo gospel or another gospel. <clears throat> Look at verse 26 of that Matthew chapter 6, 26 to 31. This desiring material things from what Jesus said, behold the fowls of the air, blah, 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 blah. And because of time, I won't have the time to read about, look at it. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not. Neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet, your heavenly father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? And what Jesus is actually implying in that context of scripture is desiring material things are not in themselves wrong because following jesus and the statement he made he says the father knows that you have need of these things and they are the things that we can refer to as the basic necessities of life shelter food clothes legitimate needs very legitimate. Jesus was not teaching against material things. Rather, unlike Solomon's wealth. Solomon's wealth. Where moth and rust don't corrupt. And where thieves break through and steal. A man's treasure should be eternal. A man's treasure should not be material stuff. I don't care how many billions you have. And I don't care how many multi-millions you have. Money has the ability to develop wings and fly. A man is rich to, today, tomorrow he's begging. I mean, it's a mystery. It's a mystery of putting your trust in riches. Bible calls it uncertain riches. Uncertain riches. I mean, imagine what the pandemic has done all over the world. A lot of multi-millionaires are paupers right now. They are begging for food to eat under this one, one year of lockdown. A lot of multi-millionaires are poor. And some poor people have become multi-millionaires. Why? You cannot trust money because money doesn't have the character and the quality that is trustworthy. It will fail you when you least expect it. That's why the Bible says, charge them that are rich in this world not to put their trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God. And of course, that is if what was presented to them is the living God, not riches. Not material wealth. Not material wealth. <clears throat> on certain riches. Riches that you can trust. You can't rely on. <clears throat> so now, whatever you serve or whatever you seek after is your master. Whatever you serve or whatever you seek after becomes your master. If you seek after things, you are serving mammon. If your pursuit for God is to get things, 
You are in the worship of mammon. Please pay attention. And Jesus lets us see that the lilies of the field, the lilies of the field, the birds of the air, do not seek all these things, yet they are taken care of. The animals don't seek for things, yet they don't lack things. Then he now admonishes in verse 31, which of you by taking thought, which of you by taking thought, by being worried and depressed, being afraid, developing high blood pressure, not able to sleep, which of you by taking thought or thinking can solve the problem? Which of you by thinking can add or reduce? That's why it says you take no thought. <laughs> you know, Which of you by taking thought? This refers to where you have worry, anxiety. You know? Then in verse 32, for after these things do the Gentiles seek. The phrase the Gentiles seek after implies an uncontrollable desire. Uncontrollable appetite. And it shows an unbridled desire in seeking for things. Unbelievers have that. The, the drive for things sometimes can even be so demonic. They, are not, they don't care. They can do anything to get money. Whatever it takes. Unbridled, uncontrolled desire for things. It implies that the unrighteous have no control in how they go after earthly things. It dominates their minds. No matter their status. Even the rich can't rest. Because they want to make more money. They are never satisfied. It's, it's unquenchable desire. And they don't have control over it. So whatever they need to do to make money, even if they have to oppress the poor who don't have, they will oppress them and collect the little that they have and add. And yet, they will never be satisfied. That is what, that is what a wrong relationship with money is capable of producing out of a man. So you see, a multimillionaire is not happy. He's not laughing. He can't rejoice. He can't relax. His money, he can't enjoy it. He's busy making money, but he can't even take a vacation. He can't chill and enjoy the money. Why? Well, greed has taken control of him. Covetousness. Because he has desires that he cannot control. So he can't enjoy. He can't be happy. So he doesn't own the money. The money owns him. You see that? He doesn't own the money. The money owns him. And that's a, that's a wrong relationship with money. Now, <clears throat> Jesus says, take no thought. Take no thought. Don't give in to worry and anxiety. But, seek ye first. The word first is used to speak of preference. It's not first, second, third. No, he's dealing with preference. Seek ye first. Preference and important. That is, this should take the priority. Therefore, that term seek first will imply the only thing that you should seek for is the kingdom. The only thing that you should seek for is the kingdom. Look at Matthew 6, 32 and 33. Please pay attention. Matthew 6, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things. Next verse. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Now Jesus talked about two different things. What you want 
and what you seek. That is what is needed and what you're going after. He describes seeking in this context as taking thought, anxiety, worry. So Jesus was teaching against anxiety and worry. Because when anxiety and worry takes over you, money becomes your master. When you are full of anxiety, worry, what shall we eat? How will I pay rent? How will I pay school fees? Oh my goodness, I am finished. If I'm not able to pay, my landlord will throw me out. You can't sleep, you can't sit down, you are totally, totally overtaken with pressure. Jesus describes seeking in that context as anxiety. So Jesus was teaching against anxiety and worry. Where money now becomes your master. A man's desire informs his thought pattern. Let me repeat. A man's desire informs his thought pattern and dominates his thinking. A man's desire informs his thought pattern and dominates his thinking. <clears throat> In other words, the kingdom of God should dominate the believer's thoughts and not things. The believer's thoughts should be saturated with the kingdom and not things. That's why I said in Matthew 6, 24, Matthew 6, 24, put it up for me. Matthew 6, 24, no man can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else. Now that word love or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. The word love there is to esteem. In other words, Jesus here was teaching that the believer should esteem earthly things lightly. Things of this world, you should esteem them lightly because earthly things are not eternal. Earthly things are not true riches. They are not eternal. Okay? This clearly explains why Jesus never made an emphasis about material things in his teachings. Neither did any of his apostles. You will never find Jesus' emphasis on material things. Neither brother Paul, Peter, James, or John. You will never see a conference in brother Paul's church. How to make it in these last days. You will never see any apostle teaching on keys to surviving recession. You will never see any apostle teaching on restoration strategies. No apostle taught it. It was not the emphasis of their message rather their messages were were tailored towards eternal things towards eternal things because believers ought to be men of eternal value eternal value we ought to be people whose eyes are focused on eternity yes we will make money yes we will get jobs yes we will do business but our focus is on eternity Man of eternal value. Pay attention. Again, look at the phrase. He feeds the birds. The birds. It shows he was not saying that God takes food to them physically. Rather, that God has made food available for the birds to look for and eat. The resources have been made available from the beginning. When God created the world and put trees and put 
everything on the, on, in the planet he was making available for both the birds and for humans observe adam was not created until the world was finished when god finished creating then adam was made on the sixth day to wake up on the seventh day the seventh day was rest so god designed that man should function from the place of rest from the place of rest man shouldn't be struggling no man should operate from the place of rest struggles came because of the fall but now we're redeemed in christ jesus we have entered rest so we shall function from the place of rest please pay attention material possession is not spirituality material possession says nothing about a believer's spirituality true prosperity is not about things even though the believer may have things that same matthew chapter 6 verse 33 and 34 but seek ye first the kingdom and his righteousness now if that scripture is read out of context it can be made to mean jesus instruction is to seek first god's kingdom so that all these other things will be added that's the way it will be made to sound if you read it out of context but within context this is what jesus implied seeking first the kingdom of god and this thing shall be added unto you take therefore no thought for tomorrow take therefore in other words this will mean jesus's instruction was not to worry for those things to be added to you don't be worried by worrying or taking thought these things will not be added so rest in christ rest in god do what you can do and trust god that's what jesus was teaching and let your mind be preoccupied with the kingdom be kingdom driven because whether the kingdom of god is sought or is not sought you will get things okay you will get things some of the people that have things are not even born again yeah it's available for everybody but as a believer your mind should be focused on the kingdom even as you are going about your daily business so the believer's attention should be to seek the kingdom it's clear that material wealth does not endure forever is that true it doesn't endure forever the only thing that does stay eternal is faith in the gospel of christ faith in the gospel of christ now i said that to lay foundation for what i'm teaching right now matthew chapter 23 verse 23 how did jesus teach about giving matthew 23 23 woe unto you scribes and pharisees hypocrites or hypocrites for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law judgment mercy and faith this ought you to have done and not to leave the order undone jesus said hypocrites pay tithe hypocrites they pay tithe the two times jesus mentioned tithe he was talking about hypocrites luke 18 11 is the second place and these were the times jesus talked about giving 
Now watch how Jesus teaches giving. Mark 10, 21. Mark chapter 10, verse 21. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come take up the cross, and follow me. The story of the rich young ruler. Rich young ruler. What did Jesus tell him? You know, the guy said, I have obeyed all the commandments from the youth. That means including paying tithe. And Jesus said, you lack one thing. You have kept all the commandments. You have kept, but you still lack one thing. You have even paid tithe, but you still lack one thing. Then Jesus said unto him, go sell all and give to the poor. Give to the poor. Expecting nothing in return. You are not giving to get. You are giving by grace. The poor don't deserve it. So give to them. Then take your cross. Let's go. Jesus wasn't teaching sow a seed and get a blessing. Jesus wasn't teaching sow a seed and tap grace. Jesus wasn't teaching if you give it will come back multiplied. No. Give to the poor. Take your cross. Let's go. Now, that's the first instance of Jesus' teaching on giving. Now, look at the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 8. In the house of Zacchaeus, second instance. Luke 19, 8. And Zacchaeus stood up and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. Again, poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. I give to the poor. Jesus didn't even command him. This was his decision. To give to the poor. Listen carefully. At no point did Jesus impose any obligation on anybody. At no point. In Luke chapter 8 verse 2. Luke chapter 8 verse number 2. And certain women which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Verse 3. <clears throat> and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod Steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their own substance. That is, women ministered to Jesus of their own substance. Look up everybody. That is they ministered. They made their money available to Jesus. They made it available to him. In John chapter 6 verse 7. The boy gave his lunch box. Willingly. Jesus didn't ask for it. Philip answered him. 200 penny worth of bread. Is not sufficient for them. That every one of them may take a little. This is when the boy gave his lunch box. In Jesus' crusade. He gave it willingly. Look at verse 9. John 6 9. There is a lad here. Which had five barley loaves. And two small fishes. But what are they among so many? So this is another person given to Jesus. To support his ministry. Without any obligation placed on him. John 12 verse 3. <clears throat> John chapter 12 verse number 3. 
then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard, very costly, and anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. So people were giving to Jesus. They gave to the poor. They gave to meet people's needs. This woman wasted her ointment to honor Jesus. She wasted it. She just poured it on him in honor. In honor. A man by the name of Joseph of Arimathea, after Jesus died in Matthew 27, 57. Matthew 27, 57. <clears throat> When the evening was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He came and asked for Jesus' body from Pilate. And of course, he used his grave to bury Jesus. In Matthew chapter 2 verse 11, when Jesus was born, wise men from the east brought to Jesus. Nobody asked them. If you observe all these givings, nobody asked for it, Okay. And they didn't give to get. They didn't give for breakthrough. They didn't give Ebenezer offering. Neither did they give Isaac offering. They just gave willingly to support Jesus. They gave willingly to help the poor. Expecting nothing in return. Because this is not a transaction. This is grace giving. Grace giving. They gave to meet needs. Nobody commanded them. No particular order in how they should give. So people were just giving. They gave to the poor. They gave to Jesus. They gave to meet the needs of people that were hungry. Luke chapter 5 verse 3 and 4. Luke chapter 5 verse 3 and 4. And he entered into one of the ships which was Simon's and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Next verse. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Now listen carefully. They made their ship for Jesus to preach in. They made their ship available for Jesus to preach in. Like making your house available for a house center. Making your house available for a house center. Or making your business premises available for a campus. They made their house available for Jesus to do Bible study. And for fellowship meetings. They made their ship available for Jesus to enter and teach. The most valuable thing in their life. Which is their means of livelihood. They offered it for Jesus to use in teaching. These are people who placed value on eternal things. These are people who understood the value of eternity. They gave Jesus their, 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 the most valuable things for him to use in teaching. In John chapter 4 verse 40, the Samaritan woman, Jesus went and abode with them for two days. John 4 40. That woman, that so when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days teaching. And many more believed because of his own words. Two days. Of course, when Jesus stays with you for two days, it means you are giving him accommodation. Where to sleep. You are giving him food. Okay? And you are giving him other necessities. 
So people offered to Jesus material things to assist his ministry. Please pay attention. Because many people think, well, you know, church don't need money, ministers don't need, just calm down, calm down, calm down, follow. Let's read the Bible together. <clears throat> so they gave Jesus resources to help him fulfill his ministry. Okay. <clears throat> In Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42, Mary and Martha, he was there and Mary was preparing food for Jesus. So they gave Jesus food to eat. Luke 10, 38 to 42. He asked for donkey and they gave him to use. Yes, they gave Jesus donkey. They gave Jesus their car to drive and go and preach. They made their material things available for Jesus. So the truth is that people were given to Jesus, given to the poor, and there was no prescription given to anybody. Nobody gave them prescription. Nobody said this is how you will do it. Nobody said this is what percentage. Nobody said this is how much you will do it. People just got moved. People just got excited. People just believed in what Jesus was doing and gave him to his ministry. <clears throat> in the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 2 verse 42, Acts chapter 2 verse number 44, I mean 42. Acts 2.42 And they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. That word fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. If your Bible is mine, I will underline the word fellowship. You find that word in Philemon chapter 6. That the I mean chapter 1 verse 6. That the communication of your faith may become effectual by the acknowledging. That the fellowship, the participation... The participation, the fellowship. Now, in Luke Acts 2.45, Acts chapter 2, verse 45, Acts 2.45. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. They gave to every man as every man had need. They didn't give to get. They didn't give for breakthrough. They gave to meet needs. And you didn't see this kind of giving under the law. You didn't see it. Well, people sold their lands and houses and brought money. That never happened under the law. Because legalistic teachings produces legalistic minds. And legalistic minds tend towards stinginess. There's no generosity in legalism. And there's no liberality in because those are characteristics of the love of God. Those are characteristics of the love of God. So they were bringing money from proceeds of sale of property in Acts. In Acts chapter 4 verse 32 to 37. Look at 36. Acts 4 36. Acts 4 36. And Joseph, who by the apostles was so named Barnabas. Which is being interpreted the son of consolation. A Levite. A Levite. I thought you were seeing it. A Levite. Put it up. A Levite. A Levite who is supposed to be collecting tithes. And of the country of Cyprus. Next verse. What did Barnabas do? Having land, sold it. A Levite sold land and brought the money. And laid it at the apostles feet. Instead of collecting, he became a distributor. That is what 
the New Testament, the love of God does in the hearts of men. The Levite didn't follow the law. So what is consistent so far is they were given to meet needs. Is that true? They were given to meet needs. Were they given to meet their own needs or the needs of others? The needs of others. Both from the four gospels we saw and the book of Acts. Don't forget that they were seeking their own things. I mean selling their own things. Nobody asked them to sell it. Nobody said go and sell land and bring. They on their own. They were too excited about the work of God. The love of God was burning within their hearts. They stood up and started selling things and bringing. See what Peter told Ananias in Acts chapter 5 verse 4. Acts chapter 5 verse 4. Whilst it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? You could have done whatever you want to do with it. You didn't have to promise us all because it is yours. If you don't want to give all, you can decide what you want to give. Nobody puts you under obligation. Nobody puts you under pressure. Was it not your own? Listen carefully. Your money is your money. Okay? While I understand the context of my money belongs to God. All that I am belongs to God. But your money is still your money. That's why it says free will offering. Free will means it's your own. It's true that you and all that you have belong to God. But it will take your will to release it. So it's still your own. Look at Acts 11.29. Acts 11.29. <clears throat> Acts 11.29. Then the disciples, every man, according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. The word ability is the Greek word euphoreo. E-U-P-E-U-R-E-O. For those writing, ability. E-U-P-E-U-R-E-O. Euphoreo. That is according to how prosperous you are. According to your ability, it means according to how prosperous you are. So giving is always by how much you have. By how much you have. Then it says determined. The word determined is the word horizo. H-O-R-I-Z-O. Horizo. It means to fix. So you have to fix how much you want to give. You fix. You determine how much you want to give. Who determines? Every man. You are the one to determine how much you want to give. Let nobody manipulate you as to how much to give. In the book of Acts, the people determined how much they wanted to give. Acts 12, 25. Look at Acts chapter 12, verse 25. <clears throat> and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled ministry. And took with them John, whose surname was Mark. He calls giving a ministry. Giving a ministry. When they had fulfilled ministry. Look at Acts 20, 25. Acts chapter 20, verse 25. And now behold, I know that you all 
among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Next verse. Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. So in the four gospels, look at me. Was there any prescription to give? No. Was anybody compelled to give? No. Was giving to meet your need or the need of others? The need of others. Was giving a means for prosperity? No. In fact, the rich fool was called rich because he was not a giver. The rich fool was called rich because he's not a giver. So giving could never have been why he was rich. Giving could never have been why he, he was rich. There were three men who, sing, who were singled out in the four gospels. Number one, the rich fool. The rich fool. Number two, the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler. Number three, Lazarus and the rich man. All three of them were not givers. Yet they were rich. All three of them were not givers. The rich fool was not a giver. The Bible says he was not rich towards God. He's that guy who said, Oh my soul, you have made too much money. You have made too much money. I know what I will do. I will pull down more walls and build storehouses and fill up everywhere with my resources. And I will say to my soul, Soul, relax and enjoy. He was stingy. He was not a giver. Yet he was rich. That debunks all these teachings of give and be rich. It debunks it completely. The second person was the rich young ruler. Jesus told him, sell all you have, give to the poor. He got angry and walked away because that is not his practice. So he was rich, not by giving. The third person is the rich man and Lazarus. That guy was stingy. Look at the way he treated Lazarus. He was stingy. So it's a fallacy to say people are wealthy because they give. It's a fallacy. Give us never lack. Stop that. Nobody spoke against their industry. That was not the issue. However they got their money was not Jesus' business. That was not the issue. People get wealthy by industry. Some get wealthy by inheritance. Others get wealthy by investments. And of course, others get money by fraud. Industry, honest and dishonest means. On two occasions, Abraham gave his wife and lied. And called her his sister and he was compensated. That's how the guy became wealthy. Whoever said the word blessed means empowered to prosper has destroyed many lives. There's some preachers from America that brought that fallacy. That the word blessing means empowered to prosper. So if you want to prosper, you give. Then when you give, we bless you. Then you are empowered. That's not true. That's not true. The blessing is the forgiveness of sins. I can go through all the scriptures to show you that. So in the four gospels, giving wasn't to meet your needs. 
giving was to meet the need of others. The need of others. The need of others. In the book of Acts, was giving for meeting your needs. In the book of Acts, from what we read, what was it for? Meeting the need of others. Was there any percentages given to them in the book of Acts? No. You determine how much to give. Romans 15.26 Romans 15.26 For it had pleased them of Macedonia and Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. Next verse. It had pleased them verily and their debtors they are. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things, their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. It is a principle in scripture. If anybody ministers to you in spiritual things, it's your duty, D-U-T-Y, to respond in material things. It's a scriptural principle. Once somebody takes the time to minister to you concerning spirituals, it automatically becomes your responsibility, your duty to minister to him in material things. Not just to say, bless you man of God. Oh man of God, I thank God for you. You are too much. Uh-uh. Man of God, I know virtue has left you. Father, let virtue return. That's a stingy man's prayer. The Bible didn't say when we minister to you in spiritual things, you pray for us. No. He said when we minister to you in spiritual things, you must of necessity reciprocate, give to us in carnal things. You give in carnal things. Look at the disparity. Spiritual, carnal. It's a spiritual principle. The word contribution there is the word fellowship, koinonia. In 1 Corinthians 9, 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11 to 13, for other found 9, verse 11, 1 Corinthians, if we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things? 12. If others be partakers of this power over you, and not we rather, nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things, lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. 13. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple, and they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar you give to believers or ministers who minister to you spiritual things and in verse 13 he was talking about the old testament because it's a principle that transverse throughout the bible in verse 14 that is people we minister to should communicate to us by virtue of giving Gratitude to ministry is expressed in material and monetary terms. Gratitude, appreciation, value. 
Even though brother Paul said he will not use his own. That's his choice. That's not mandatory. Look at 1 Corinthians 16 verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 1. Now, concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order, given what? Order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Next verse. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as had prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come, as he has prospered. So, as you prosper, what do you do? Lay aside, deliberate, intentional. As you are making money, you are setting a portion apart. It's not a careless, it's not a careless giving. No. This is intentional, deliberate giving because you understand honor. Nobody ought to follow you around. Nobody ought to go around you. No, no, no. You by yourself because you have understood the value of the ministry that is coming to you all the time. As money increases, you are taking a portion. All of that money coming to you is not your own. Once you are receiving ministry, all the money that comes to you is no more your own. A portion of every increase belongs to the man that ministers you and if you don't give him you are robbing him if you don't give to the man that labors in spirituals over you you are robbing him when you have more money you have more giving that's what the scripture teaches Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 2 please pay attention Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse number 2 how that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. Please watch this next verse. For to their power I bear record. Yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves. Verse 4. Praying us, begging us with much entreaty that we will receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They were telling us, please, men of God, do not pity my condition and deny me an opportunity to value your ministry over me. I know I am going through. I know things are tight. I know things are rough. But man of God, please, it is my desire as one growing in knowledge. To place a value on the labor of your ministry over me. And we, I beg you, don't deny me. Don't pity me and say, well, I know you don't have much, keep it. No, please, man of God. No matter what, just take it from me. That is somebody that has received teaching, that has received evidence, that has received correction and instruction in righteousness. It means you're growing. You're growing. It means you're understanding the gospel. It means the gospel is really coming to your understanding. It means you're not in darkness. It means you're maturing. That nobody is following you around. You by yourself are sat down to evaluate the weight and the quality of ministry coming to you. When you didn't know this gospel, you gave to charlatans. And you gave like a madman. You gave without thinking. 
How much more now with the light that is coming? He said, they, they were begging us. Look at the next verse, verse 5 of that first Corinthians, first Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 8, 5. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Am I teaching good tonight? This is the church in Macedonia. They had poverty, recession. They were going through economic difficulty. Yet, he says they had a willing mind. A willing mind. Look at verse, verse, verse 12 of that chapter. Verse 12 of that Corinthians. <clears throat> if there be first a willing mind, a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath and not according to that he hath not. If there be a willing mind, they were willing. Nobody gave them percentages. They were willing. They just gave. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Next verse. <clears throat> Every man according... How many people? Every man. Nobody exempted. Except you are not receiving ministry. Except you are not receiving ministry. Every man according as he proposed in his heart. So let him give. Not grudgingly, nor or of necessity. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Observe. As he proposes in his heart. The word God loves a cheerful giver is not exactly like that in the Greek. Loves come before God in the Greek. A cheerful giver loves God. A cheerful giver loves God. That is how it is. God does not love a cheerful giver like a special word. The word there is agape, sacrifice. A cheerful giver sacrifices as a demonstration of his love. A cheerful giver sacrifices as a demonstration of his love. That's the context. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. <clears throat> chapter 9 verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may abound unto every good work. So grace is taught in that verse. That when you have sufficiency in things, you abound unto every good work. Look at verse 12. Verse 12. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 12. For the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgiving unto God. He is saying that giving is a ministry. Giving is a ministry. When you give, you are actually ministering to needs. You are ministering to needs. There are needs that are not designed to be prayed for, but to be given to. And if you pray, it is faith without works. It's inoperative. 
Your brother is hungry. You have money in your pocket to give him food to eat. I say, let me pray for you. You put your hand on his stomach. That kind of faith does not work. It's inoperative. It's dead. Look at Galatians chapter 6 verse 6. Galatians 6 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Now so observe. We have seen number one. You give to the needs of the church. Number two. You give to the poor in the New Testament. Number three. You also give to anyone who ministers to you spiritual things. You minister back in carnal things. In Galatians 6, 6, almost every epistle carries teaching on giving. All the epistles. Ephesus, Colossae, Thessalonica, Rome, all of them had teachings on giving. The emphasis in the epistles was on giving, not receiving. The emphasis was on giving, not receiving. Giving, not receiving. In all good things. In all good things. So, if anybody is teaching you spiritual things, how do you communicate? Natural things. And natural things in what area? In all good things. In verse 7, basically is teaching on communicating natural things. Look at Ephesians 4 verse 28. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 28. <clears throat> let him that stole steal no more. But rather, let him labor, working with his hands, the thing which is good. Why? Why must he work? That he may have to give to him that needed. This is not giving to receive. He said, even if you are a thief before, now get a job. Why will you get a job? So that you can be in a position to help others. It's for meeting needs. Not for multiplication of money. See the danger, see the kind of destruction the prosperity gospel has done. So people are greedy. People come to church with covetousness. God, I gave the other one the other time. I'm waiting for the multiplication before I give another one. You are in a transaction. You are not in a relationship. And that's, the, that's what the prosperity gospel has done. So people are waiting for God to multiply. And then they tell them, when oh, your clouds are full, the rain will fall. And they've been giving since they became Christians till now, the rain has not fallen. He said, let him labor. He didn't say let him pray. He didn't say let him give. Let him labor with his hand, that which is good, that he may have to give. Not let him give and wait for God to multiply. That's not apostolic. That's not apostolic teaching. Let him labor with his hand that which is good. That he may have so that he can do what? Give to meet needs. No transaction here. No transaction. Teaching good? Galatians 2.10. Galatians 2.10. So again, giving is taught as we receive only they would that we should remember the poor the same which i also was forward to do brother paul say even me i was involved in giving to the poor we all gave and we still give to the poor to meet needs 
always helping people in need. Philippians 4.10 They were taking care of Paul. Philippians chapter 4 verse 10. Pay attention. But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me had flourished again. Wherein you were also careful but you lacked opportunity. Observe, it is very instructive when your pastor labors over you that you take care of him. I didn't say that you give to him. Because giving can be one time. Take care of him. Church members that are listening to me, pastors and everyone that is listening to me, including Power City members, when a pastor labors over you, is instructive that you take care of him. Brother Paul said, you, are, you, are, you, you taking care of me has flourished again. Look at verse 11 of Philippians 4, 11 to 15. Pay attention. Not that I speak in respect of want. I'm not in need. You are not giving to me because I'm in need. For I have learned in whatsoever state I am, dare we to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere, and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all these things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Next verse. Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. 15. Now, you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated. Communicated there is no telephone call. Communicated there is giving and him receiving. Communicated with me as concerning, he explains the communication, giving and receiving, but ye only. You gave and I received. It's not giving and expecting miracle money. No. Giving and receiving is you gave and I receive. That's the end of the transaction. That's the end of the matter. You gave, I receive. Not to get. There's no getting. You gave, I receive. Once I receive, it's settled. The matter is settled. Because that's the intent of giving. So that I can receive. They didn't give one so. Look at verse 16 of that same Philippians 4. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. They didn't give once. Once, that is over and over. Once and again. To my necessity. Okay? Necessity there is not a meat pie. Paul already told them before now, necessity is laid on me. And woe is me if I preach not the gospel. So giving to my necessity means giving to my ministry to help me give expression to the message or the ministry. Look at verse 17 and 18. <clears throat> Philippians 4. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus, the things which were sent from you, an order of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. 
So though I am giving to a man, it is a sacrifice well pleasing to God. Though I am giving to a man who labors over me, that giving to that man is a sacrifice in the sight of God that is well acceptable to God. So if somebody blesses you spiritually, how do you respond materially? That's why it now says in verse 19, Philippians 4:19, glory to God, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Look at Colossians 3:14, Colossians chapter 3 verse number 14, Colossians 3:14. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Put on love sacrificial love you cannot teach love or claim love without giving it's not an emotion it's sacrifice first thessalonians 5 14 first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 14 now we exhort you brethren warn them that are unruly comfort the feeble-minded support the weak be patient towards all men support the weak is the word anteko in the Greek. A-N-T-E-C-H-O. Anteko. You will find that word. Support the weak. In Matthew 6.24. You can write down for further study. Matthew 6.24. Luke 16.13. Titus 1.9. Support the weak. Matthew 6.24. Luke 16.13. Titus 1.9. It means to be devoted to, be, to the poor. To be devoted to the poor. But observe, brother Paul, while instructing to give to the poor, gave a warning. Second Thessalonians 3 14. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 14. And if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him, that he may be ashamed. If any man obey not, he is saying. If someone is lazy, he's not poor, he's just lazy, don't support him. Look at verse 10. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 10. For even when we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any will not walk, neither should he eat. It's a command. So you find a lazy brother and you give to him, you are living in disobedience in your giving someone not working and is looking for support he said don't give it to him just like he said in support of widows he said even supporting widow the widow must be 60 and above if she's younger than 60 tell her to go and marry she must be 60 and above he calls them widows indeed then he even gave qualifications. She must have raised up children. She must have received strangers. She must have stayed in the temple praying night and day. Such widows are the type we support. So in as much as welfare is taught in the epistles, the epistles does not encourage laziness and spiritual paratism. <laughs> spiritual what? You know, parasites, paratism. You are a parasite 
if you are not doing anything and going around brethren to beg. First Timothy 5.17 First Timothy 5.17 Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. 18 For the scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treaded out the corn. And the laborer is worthy of his reward. Emphasis on those who teach. That means anyone who teaches you the word of God, you owe the person. You owe him. The laborer is what he means. He is deserving of his wages. Of course, there's no percentage. But you should know that if someone has blessed you spiritually, you're responding honor. If a local church has a need, that need is your responsibility. Because that local church is taking care of you spiritually. You see that? Same as a pastor. You must not muzzle the ox. Because if you refuse to support a ministry that blesses you, you are muzzling the ministry. You are muzzling the ox that treaded out the corn. And do not do that. It's not healthy for you. He said they deserve, they deserve double honor, which means double salary. Double is double. Double means double. In the Greek, double is double. In Hebrew, <laughs> double is double. In the Latin Vulgate, double is double. In the Bible, Yoruba, Igbo, Hausa, double means double. In Philemon verse 6, the man Philemon was being hospitable in fact verse 7 sorry philemon verse 7 <clears throat> chapter 1 verse 7 just one chapter for we have great joy and consolation in thy love because the bowels of the saints are refreshed by thee brother it's not spiritual refreshment this material refreshment <laughs> it is almost antichrist for a christian not to be hospitable Almost antichrist. You can't welcome people to your house. Ah, what kind of house do you have? You can't support others materially. You can't cook for people to eat. You can't make food available for others. Are you sure you're born again? Because it's impossible to know the love of God and not give. I can't fathom it. If you have been taught the love of God and you really believe it, you will give. If you know the love of God, you cannot shut up the bowels of love. That's why John said, anyone who lacks this, the love of God is not in him. At all. He didn't say the love for God. He said the love of God is not in him. That is, he has not received the love of God. The love that God has for him in Christ. He didn't say it. So it's important, you see. Some other people who give, give legalistically. Not out of love. Yeah, it's possible for somebody to give, but he doesn't love you. And some have had the grace of God. Some are probably receiving it in their own renewed mind. So for them, when they have grace, it's stinginess. Their minds are not renewed. That is, Christ has done it all. I don't have to do anything. No. <laughs> you have to do something. You have to help. You have to give. You have to. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 10. 
For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Next verse. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God. And our trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Next verse. Keep, keep going. For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on our behalf, that you may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God. For whether we be sober, it is for your cause. Next verse. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we are all dead. Look at 15 carefully. And that he died for all that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves but unto him which died for them and rose again we are not living for ourselves we are living for him so if you have any teaching that has not improved your giving that teaching is not of god any teaching that fertilizes stinginess in your life is not of god teaching of the word of god's grace should make you gracious and provoke generosity it's either the teaching is not of god or you are not of god or both of you are not of god either the teaching or you or two of you together remember we said that the instruction in righteousness is for growth that means as i am learning this I should grow in my giving. I should develop spiritually in giving. Not brethren whose homes you cannot enter. Philemon was available to meet the needs of brethren. There are brethren whose cars you cannot enter. Are they growing at all? You know love can be measured. I'm closing. Are you blessed? Hebrews 13 verse 1. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 1. Let brotherly love continue. Give me verse 16. But to do good and to communicate forget not. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. This part is key. So don't just hear. Don't pay your tithe. Tithe is over. Tithe has been killed. First fruit has been killed. Yes, they are killed. But to do good and to sacrifice and to give, forget not. For this, with these sacrifices, God is well pleased. Hallelujah. Giving is sacrifice. Do good. Believers should be eternally minded. Someone said it's good to feed the poor. But when you feed them and put it on Facebook, you're feeding your ego. I like it. It's good to feed the poor. But when you feed them and you make pictures and put on Facebook, you are feeding your ego, not the poor. In James chapter 2 verse 14 to 16. James 2 14 to 16. <clears throat> what does it profit my brethren? Though a man say he had faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be warmed 
and filled. Notwithstanding, you give them, you give them not those things which are needful to the body. What profit? What does it profit? I'm hungry and you're praying for me. Prayer will not become food in my stomach. I have no clothes to eat, to, no clothes to wear, and you are laying hands on me. How does your hand become clothed on my body? That's misplaced priority. There's a place to pray and there's a place to give. Are we teaching? He said, needful to the body, not needful to prayer. <laughs> needful to the body. First John 3, 16 to 18, <clears throat> as I conclude. First John 3, 16 to 18. Are you blessed tonight? Hereby, perceive with the love of God because he laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. Next verse. But whoso had this world's good and seeth his brother have need and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Next verse. My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. I remember one song we used to sing back in the days when I got born again newly. <laughs> Your brother is in need and you are able to help him in his need. You let him go and advise him to pray about it. Where is the love of God? 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 Where is the love of God in your heart? Those are the kind of songs that should come back to the church. Not everything that double, double, oh. <laughs> this man doesn't know the love of Christ. That's why he said in that James, first John chapter 3, verse 19. Look at first John 3:19. <clears throat> and hereby we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Why? Because we love the brethren. In the epistles, we are taught to meet needs, meet needs, meet needs. Number one, the needs of the church. Number two, the needs of those in the church. Number three, the needs of the pastor and every believer. We need, we meet needs. In the new covenant, in the covenant of the grace of God, we are taught to give. We give to meet needs. That's the character of our God. He makes available. He meets needs. That should be our character. We are not taught to tithe. We are not taught to first fruit. We are not taught to firstborn offering. But we are taught to be like our father. To meet the needs of people. To respond to the needs of the local church. To help the poor, the widow, the fatherless. And to respond to our teachers. Who minister to us in spirituals. Glory to God. Now this is the beginning of the foundation. For what I will be doing tomorrow. First service and second service. Glory to God. Stand on your feet. Now listen. I have two books you've got to read. If you don't have these books... Quickly order them from our office. Money with a mission. Bible doctrine for giving. Order it quickly. It has everything and some things. I don't even have the time to teach in this series. Then there's another one. Bible truth about material wealth. This is very critical. It will help to equip you 
to be enriched in this understanding so you can be a blessing to the body of Christ. Can I have a powerful amen? Glory! Amen! Father, we provoke and stir up generosity in the hearts of your people. We break the backbone of stinginess. We, hold, we break the backbone of the enemy. We come against everything that contradicts and stands on the way of generosity, charity, sacrifice, living out our lives to meet the need of others. And in the name of Jesus, this revelation grows big on your inside and reflects on the quality of your giving to be a blessing to others. Blessed to be a blessing until all the families of the earth be blessed. Thank you, Father, for the honor and the privilege to learn to be equipped to grow properly in the knowledge of Christ. Thank you for your word tonight. Now I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. Revelation continues to grow on your inside until nothing else matters. We give you praise in Jesus' precious name. And every believer says a powerful amen. amen. Glory to God. Now listen, in, in the next one or two minutes, I'm joining Mr. Michael Bush in the other studio. We'll be answering your calls, responding to your queries and questions. And it's going to be an exciting one in the other studio. But listen also, I want to take up your offerings quickly. Grab a good offering. Let's give in honor of God's word online. The banking details are on the screen. Television, the banking details are on the screen. Radio audience, Mr. Michael Bush will read the banking details for you right now. <clears throat> Let me also mention that tomorrow morning, I'll be teaching you know, uh, the concluding part of this whole series on tithing and all of that. You don't want to miss the end of it because better is the end of a matter than the beginning. There's a lot more to share tomorrow. First service is 8 a.m. GMT plus one. We'll be live on all platforms. Then second service will be 11 a.m. GMT plus one. We love you guys and we look forward to a great time of teaching. Listen, all the people you brought on the platform from last Sunday till now, Make sure they are there tomorrow. Because somebody cannot hear tight has been killed and not hear generosity. See that? Then that person is suffering from selective hearing, which is a medical condition. You've got to hear the whole thing to be able to understand the whole thing. It's very important. Have information is dangerous. So you don't want to miss tomorrow at all. You know, help us mobilize everybody. It's going to be a great time of fellowship. Lift up your offerings, Father. We give in faith. We give with joy. Thank you for the privilege of giving tonight. Our offerings are a sweet smell before you. And we give you praise for the opportunity to advance your kingdom through our resources. Thank you for the blessing tonight. In Jesus' name. And every believer says a powerful amen. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. What a, what a blessing tonight. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to serve you the grace of God. I look forward to seeing the other studio and until then, enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service tonight. Glory! Amen! Woo! Glory! have been blessed by this message. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damino, please call plus 234-806- 800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com and not teach the titan law as given you are bringing back what is dead to life he takes away the first that he may establish the second the titan law is dead the bible says the dead shall be thrown into the lake of fire he
killed Malachi 3 that he may establish the second. So if they take you to Malachi 3, take them to Revelation 22 that the dead shall be thrown into the lake of fire. So the Titan law has been killed. It must not exist side by side. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me what? Free from the law of sin and death. Join Dr. Abel Damino, the senior pastor of Power City International, as he explores exegetically Bible doctrine on tithe and tithing. Date from Sunday 14th of March to Sunday 21st of March 2021. Time. Monday 15th to Saturday 20th, 6 p.m. daily. Sundays 8 a.m. and 11 a.m. GMT plus one. Join the broadcast on Radio Aquaibum 90.5 FM Uyo 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. XL FM 106.9 Uyo 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. daily. Unuyo FM 100.7 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Comfort FM 95.1 Uyo 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Inspiration FM 105.9 Uyo 9 p.m. to 10 p.m. And Heritage Radio 104.9 10 p.m. till midnight. And also on Kingdom Live Network Station. Also live on Facebook at Abel Damino Public Figure, YouTube Abel Damino Ministries International, Twitter Abel Damino, and Instagram at Abel Damino. Watch real time. Host Doctors Abel and Rachel Damino. Don't miss out. Thank you for staying tuned. We start this segment of the program right away with the traditional announcements that come at this point of the program. So, uh, bank details, the account name is Power City International, but of course, there are three banks. is FCMB, the Zenith, and there is UBA. On this edition, we start off with the last. 139-26465, 139-26465, that's for UBA, Power City International remains the account name. So too for FCMB, 2982-68-2028, 2982-68-2028, Power City International still, so too for Zenith, 10-12-36-59-12, 10-12-36-59-12. For sponsorship, just dial, plus 234 if you are doing from outside the country, Otherwise, it's 0803 or you email Dr. Ebel Damina at yahoo.com. 
doctor there, of course, is DR. Okay, so any moment now, we'll just be launching because I'm um, looking forward to having Global Baba, Dr. Abel Damina, by my side. But before it comes, let me just quickly tell you, my name is Michael Bush. I'm the anchor. I'm super excited to be that for you and hopefully would be that for such a long, long, long time. Okay, so the man of the moment is here. The set man, the man that God sent to guide all of us through his work. The Christocentric man and, you know, prolific author, um, international televangelist, also on the radio, 11 hours every day. Help me welcome Global Barber, Dr. Abel Damina. The Intercontinental, Mr. Bush. So good Global to see Barber, you so today. nice to see you too. Wow. So, so nice to see you. You look good, man. You look better, Global Barber. Just, uh, you're reporting for... You just keep... <laughs> you just keep pushing these things. Oh, no, Global Barber. <laughs> so, so nice to see so you. So good to see you. Okay, so Global Barber, um, we're just waiting for the ritualistic... A prayer that sure, um, sets sure, us on the way. Sure, let's pray. Father, we rejoice that all over the nations of the earth, the truth of your word is growing and disciples are being raised every day. This gospel is continually preached, proclaimed, and we rejoice that ministers of the gospel are being equipped. The word of God is growing mightily and prevailing in nations. We want to thank you for Kwaibom State, our governor, his cabinet, public and civil servants of this state, private individuals, businessmen. Thank you for grace that is upon this land. Aquaibom is making progress. And we thank you that the government are enabled by grace to create an enabling environment in this land for the gospel to keep thriving. And we decree that in our nation and all of Africa and the continents of the world, the word of Christ continues to grow mightily. Many are turned to righteousness. And we thank you that barriers are terminated and ministers of the gospel are granted utterance and boldness to preach the word like never before. And we give you praise for answered prayer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here we go from 98 Wangiba Road in the heart of Uyo. 98 Wangiba Road, by the way, is the global headquarters of Power City International. This program is uh, for you, two hours every day. And what a blessing it's been for everyone worldwide. So Global Power was spent the night in the United States of America, that's in Northern America, uh, yesterday, and so we're starting there from anonymous entry. Hello, Global Baba and Mr. Bush. I'd like to thank you for the sacrifices you both make to impart knowledge to our generation. Global Baba, you said the other day that God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit are so-called in relation to redemption, that God is one. My understanding of one is inseparability. Then the four Gospels predominantly shows that Jesus was anointed of the Holy Spirit. Does this mean, therefore, Global Baba, that Jesus Christ has a separate personality and entity from the Holy Spirit? Please help clarify this for me. Thank you so much. Well, again, like I always advise, just take it easy with trying to understand the Trinity. Understand all other concepts. Understand salvation. What does salvation mean? Understand redemption. Understand righteousness. Understand spiritual growth understand ministry, understand every other thing. In the process of understanding all of that, you will come to a place of revelation where you really understand what the Trinity concept in redemption is. When Jesus came to the earth, the Bible says he stripped himself of all privileges that makes him God and took on the form of a servant for the purpose of saving you. All of this Trinity concept is an expression of the extent to which God is willing to go to save a sinner is a, is, is a demonstration of the love of God 
towards humanity. That's what it really is. Okay, okay. so we move from, let's say, to, we go straight to... I think to, there's one more. Sorry. Okay, yeah, the last question is based on, okay, John calling two of his disciples to him, sent them to Jesus and says, uh, why do you the John? real one or do we yeah, look for sure. another one? Yeah. Well, remember, John the Baptist, uh, they were cousins with Jesus and he didn't know that Jesus was Jesus until water baptism. Then when he got into difficulty, he expected that Jesus should come and rescue him. But Jesus did nothing about it. Remember, he, John, already said, I must decrease that he will increase. But when Jesus came, he didn't decrease. He was busy talking and speaking to power and speaking to government. So they took him and put him in prison to chop off his head. His ministry had finished. He was supposed to decrease for Jesus to increase. So Jesus allowed him to face the music and he got angry and he said, go and ask him, is he the real one or should we look for another one? And Jesus sent the disciples back with evidence that he was the one. He opened blind eyes, commanded the lame to walk. When they saw miracles, he said, go and tell John what you see and what you hear, confirming that he was the one. So sometimes when people get into difficulties, they begin to doubt what they believe, especially if it didn't come, you know, by revelation knowledge. No, but that's so real. That's so touching. But, uh, no, I, I, I'm, I mean... Why would Jesus uh, keep quiet like that for John? Was that even a good prayer? Because there are some pastors who say, oh, uh, that, uh, that prayer decrees for God. That he didn't need to pray that kind of prayer. No, it was a good prayer. What actually John was saying is that my ministry has finished. Okay. My ministry was to introduce Jesus. I have introduced him. It's over. I'm done. He should have just carried his briefcase and be following Jesus quietly. Mm. But he, he instead, he continued talking like one who is still relevant. Hmm. And in the midst of his talk, he went and talked in the wrong quarters. <laughs> yeah, they cleared him out. <laughs> okay, to Ghana next. Uh, my name is Banzo Emmanuel. I'm from Ghana. Bless you, sir. Just love to say thank you for the labor of love for the body of Christ. Transformation is taking place in my life since I started listening to your teachings, Global Baba. Great grace abounds towards the ministry, sir. Amen. Thank you. Still from Ghana. Hello, Global Baba and Mr. Bush. I've been following Dr. Abel Damina's teachings for the past two months. He has really helped and shaped my Christian life. I want to know, Global Baba, which Bible version will you recommend if one wants to study the Bible? Also, if Jesus Christ is a Passover, why do we still take communion at church service? Finally, is Jesus in heaven with earthly body or a spiritual body? Regards, Nana from Ghana. Nana, there's no place to read. Read everything. Read from Genesis to Revelation or follow our Bible reading plan. You know, the last two weeks we were reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. In fact, in my family, we finished John. We're in Acts now. But on Sunday, I'm going to give the second plan for the next three months. So follow our reading plan. Secondly, your question is... Um, Passover. Passover. Well, ask those churches that are still doing it. Why are they doing it? But I will recommend for you before you ask them so that they don't give you scriptures you cannot explain. Order for my book on the communion table. The communion table. All right. Okay. Finally, Jesus in heaven with earthly body or with yes. spiritual body? Jesus is in heaven with glorified body. Glorified body. Glorified human body. Okay. Global Baba from Ghana. Quickly, quickly to Cameroon. Hello, Global Baba and Power City International Ministries. I want Dr. Abel Damina to pray for me to be born again and filled with the spirit because the way i've been listening to his messages and teachings i have come to realize probably i was born again out of fear or something but now i want to receive christ by his death by his gospel death burial and resurrection teachings that after hearing i'm born of god thank you dr abel damina richard dosi in cameroon wow that's a good one well what we'll do is producer please make sure we reply him tonight and get his phone number so that somebody can minister to him tomorrow 
and you know pray for him to get saved and receive the Holy Ghost. Okay, I'm just wondering, are we done with a trip around Africa? Okay, so we head straight now to Lagos, Nigeria, close at home, dear Global Baba and Mr. Michael Bush. Let me begin by thanking you, Global Baba, for your commitment to the gospel and the training of millions all over the world. I encountered you five years ago where I was instructed in a dream to follow you as you would show me the way to go. Ever since then, those words have played out in my life and family, even as my children recognize your voice and your leadership. All my questions have been answered and I'm continually glued to learning from you. My spirit man is always at attention whenever I hear your voice in whatever medium. I believe I speak for millions worldwide. May your ministry find greater expression all over the world and may your voice be amplified on all continents of this blue marble planet. God bless you, sir. Warm regards, Johnson, Eko Surulele, Lagos, Nigeria. Amen. Thank you, Johnson. What a joy to hear from you and those wonderful testimonies. Praise God. From Lagos, states in the southeastern part of Nigeria, we we'll go to central, north-central Nigeria, Kwara states, that is the north-central Nigeria, yes, sure. Hello, Global Baba. My name is Johnson Peace. I arrived from Kwara state. I need you to guide me as my spiritual father. I'm working on a radio station as a junior ICT staffer, but as after I acquired my BAC certificate, I got promoted and I was chosen to head the department which I, where I work as a senior staffer. But the man has, uh, who has been my boss in that department before I was promoted, he was now asked to be my assistant, but he refused and started causing many problems. He insisted that I can't be the head of the department, that even before I was appointed to be one of the staffers in that department, he's been working, and he concluded that we would quit that work that I can never head the department, he can never be my assistant departmental head, because he headed the department before today, submitted his resignation letter on the 6th of February, 2021. Global I need your prayer and guidance in this matter. Well, in the name of Jesus, you have direction, you have favor. Thank you, Father. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. From Kwara State, we're hitting the south-southern part of the country by road, worry, Delta State, here we come. Dear Global Baba and the Intercontinental Mr. Michael Bush, greetings to you too and the presence of God continually be with you. Global Baba, I'm becoming a regular in asking questions and it's because I want to get the best. Last Tuesday, that is on the 8th of February, you referred to the 12 as being saved and later you said 11 received the gift of the Spirit taken into account of what happened to Judas Iscariot. Now my question is, Judas was saved with the other 11, and after he betrayed Jesus, did he not go to hell? Because Jesus said it was better he was not born the person that would betray the Son of Man. Matthew 26, verse 24. Global, is there any difference between being born again and being saved? If a born-again Christian keeps committing fornication, adultery, kidnapping, and all that was listed in Romans 1, verses 28 to 31, will he or she still go to hell? Romans 1, 32. Thank you, sir. God bless you richly. Yemi, from Warwick, Delta State, Nigeria. Well, Yemi, I'm sure you didn't follow very well. We never said Judas was saved. In fact, I even said Judas was the son of perdition. That means he was not born again. So it is the 11 that were saved. And of course, remember, they became 12 again in the book of Acts because Matthias was added to their number. All right? So Judas wasn't saved. People that commit sin doesn't mean they are not saved. There are people who are saved, who are still growing, and they make mistakes here and there. Committing sin does not define salvation. Faith in Christ defines salvation. However, when you are saved by Christ, by faith in Christ, as you begin to grow in the knowledge of Christ, the consciousness of Christ begins to affect your lifestyle. I hope that helps you. Okay, Global Baba, from there, because of time and the lack of it, I'm trying to see, let me just switch over to... 
Potako River State, closer and closer to Akwaibum State, where we are broadcasting from Hello Global Baba. I'm Desra Mwipigi Darlington, I write from River State. So I've been listening to your teachings for about three months now, and I've begun to see and have a clear understanding of scriptures, knowing that the whole scripture only speaks about Jesus Christ and his finished work. Thanks so much, sir, for allowing God to use you to open the eyes of a generation on the finished work of Christ. God bless you abundantly and deliver you from unreasonable and wicked men in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Okay. Wonderful testimony. Absolutely. So, Global Baba, quickly, quickly, from River State, let's come to Akwaibom, and then we take through Abak. My eternal spiritual father, Dr. Abel Damina, my name is Moses Israel. I write from Abak local government area of Akwaibom State. Daddy, I came in contact with you in 2018. Since then, my life has, been, has not been the same. You begat me through your words of wisdom in the scriptures. Daddy, your words of scriptures got me saved. They equipped me, they built me up for the ministry ahead. Daddy, I'm glad to tell you good news through your teachings. Miracle has broken out in my life and everywhere in my ministry and community. I've been able to lead my mother and my wife and others to Christ. Our Heavenly Father has graced me to be reconciled to him and to give the gifts to others to be reconciled to him too. And that should be done on the basis of love. The love of Christ compels me to tell this truth to the world. Daddy, please, with all amount of respect and love I have for you in Christ, teach me, be my mentor, direct me on what to do, and so that glorious love international ministries could grow until nothing else matters. Souls to be won by the medium of this body of Christ. Thank you, my spiritual father. I love you. God bless you richly. Amen. Amen. That's a blessing. Everywhere. Just stay, keep following the teachings. Keep following and keep following. Okay. Global Baba, um, because of time again, of the lack of it, let's just come straight to the live uh, audience here. We're going to be spending the night in you. Yeah. Um, hello, Global Baba. My name is Inyeno Bong Subong. I promised I was going to carry this from the last edition. The tarrying at Jerusalem, was it for 12 or 11? Well, again, we always use 12, 11 interchangeably. But when we say 12, you know what it means. It means 11. But remember, there was, there was uh, Matthias added to the number of the, of, the, of the disciples, which made them 12 in number. So always also remember that fact, because that's important. Okay, so Minyana Bong Subong rounds off. They're talking about heaven not being a planetary location. Where are the patriarchs and matriarchs after the physical resurrection? They're in heaven, but not a material location. Heaven is immaterial. What is the last days? What does it mean? Is the last days the same as end times? If not, what's the difference? Last days started from when Jesus rose from the dead. So we've been in the last days for 2,000 years now. Last days means at last. At last. That is like you give a promise to somebody and you fulfill the promise. The time you fulfill the promise is at last the promise is fulfilled. So in Bible language, that at last, they called it last days. Last days doesn't mean the end of times. Last days simply means at last when God's promise was fulfilled. Okay, so please, Global Baba, my question is, if angels were not working, and or if angels don't work for God, why would God be sending them to human beings anytime he wants to talk to, you know, us? Like he sent um, an angel to Mary. My name is Christian, Michael. Well, again, remember, if there was no man, there would be no need for angels. God is not sending them because he's helpless. He's sending them because they are a medium that God created to assist man. So angels are there because of man. Okay, does it mean that Jesus and the devil um, called the principality work together? Because the Bible says Christ is the head of principalities and power. Galatians 2.9. Please, sir, 
more blah 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 you know and this is from prophet emmanuel uyoko it's my name okay. head over all principalities and powers doesn't mean they are working together it means he rules over all of them and that's why you can cast them out but again remember principalities and principalities also used for angels angels are also principalities so context will define what that principality and power in that context implies Okay, just so that we leave no unfinished business, like, um, Revelation 2, verses 7, 8. Are we able 20, to have that? 20, Revelation 20. Okay, Revelation 20, verses uh, Verse no, 7 and 8. Uh, no, I remember it. Okay, I thought you were seeing it uh, In the spirit, else. Okay. <laughs> I want a thousand years I expired. Satan shall be loosed out of the prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four, four corners of, of the earth. Gog and Magog to gather them together to battle, the number of whom be as the sand of the sea. Now, when you read like that, you will not understand anything. So my advice, get my teaching on the book of Revelation, part 1 to either 12 or 13. That whole teaching series will explain all of this to you with the background, the foundation. Remember, the book of Revelation is a book of heavy metaphors. So it needs a lot of explanation and teaching from doctrine to open up that understanding. Global Bible Must Go, produced uh, and its production team, many thanks. My name is Michael Bush, Global Bible is here. Dr. Abel Damina. The Intercontinental, Mr. Bush, so good to have you here again Fantastic. tonight. Remember, you know, we'll be back tomorrow. We love you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to serve you the grace of God. We'll be back tomorrow. Remember to follow all our broadcasts tonight on all the various radio stations. Tomorrow, 11 to 1, uh, Radio Aquibom, 1 to 3, XLFM, 3 to 5, Vino UFM, and we're back here 6 to 8 p.m. on Comfort FM. You don't want to miss what God is sharing. Get more people to join tomorrow as we begin to explore the Antichrist. It's going to be an explosive one. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ and be blessed. Goodbye from Uyo, Nigeria. Amen.